I bet you thought when you go into a bar and you order a beer or a glass of wine or something that's uh, a little fancier or a little heavier, you thought, gee, I wonder how much they make on this. Well, I mean, right now they make nothing because they're not open. But when they're selling it, it, it seems like everything costs so much. How did that happen? Uh, they, they get it wholesale, don't they? They don't pay what we pay for booze. Wrong. The bars pay exactly what you pay for booze, which is surprising because pretty well every commercial establishment in the history of the world that ever wanted to make a profit has to buy at X and sell at Y and net a profit of Z, whatever, or Z, whatever happens uh, to be the, the value in each of those categories. It's not true. Booze is obtained from the LCBO the same way that we do, and that's why when you buy a beer in some places, it's six or seven bucks. And when you buy a 2-4, I don't know what the price is these days, depending on the beer, you buy 35, 37, something like that for uh, a 2-4, that's uh, not two, it's like a buck and a half a beer. So how can you get such a markup? Well, David Clement is with us. He is North American Affairs Manager for Consumer Choice Center. You're talking about this, David. What are we doing about uh, getting the province to have the LCBO sell at a, a wholesale price to the people who are retailing liquor? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, one thing that's been, I think, on everyone's mind is how, how are we going to save the hospitality industry? Uh, and so there was a call from uh, some folks in the hospitality industry saying, well, one thing that could be done overnight would be allowing for us uh, and us being the bars and restaurants to be able to access alcohol at wholesale prices. Um, and like you said in your preamble, that is a, a huge shock to many that that doesn't exist. But it really does explain everything in terms of why pricing is often so horrible when we go out um, to a restaurant when we could or when we purchase alcohol for delivery, which is newly legal um, under the pandemic. And so uh, when we saw this from a consumer standpoint, it was a no-brainer. Really, all the LCBO um, does in this instance is insert itself as the middleman, and that really inflates pricing for uh, outlets and really at the end of the day that harms consumers because if they're paying um, for beer or wine or spirits at the same price that we do when we buy at retail and they have to add their margin on it well it's it's no wonder that alcohol is so expensive at licensed establishments and so well it's not the, it's it's not just the margins uh, you know it's there are margins or or you don't have a business in any business but if you're operating a bar whether it's in a restaurant or just a standalone bar most guys serve food um you've got uh equipment you've got uh the building uh rent you've got uh, the refrigeration you've got the staff who are going to mix it you've got dishwashers you've got uh, cleaning, you've got replacement of glassware, all the rest of that, and somebody has to pay for it. And when you're buying the booze at the same price that we're buying the booze, it necessarily has to have that kind of markup. So we understand that. Can you tell me if there are any other jurisdictions that get booze wholesale? Uh, I mean, uh, most of Europe, um, several uh, U.S. states, uh, British Columbia is not quite at wholesale, but they've acknowledged that this is a problem and they have reduced um, that markup. And so there are some pretty clear paths of where we can go. And 
the province doesn't even have to sacrifice the tax revenue in order to do it, which is usually the argument made by folks on the other side. Is they'll say, well, the province is going to lose a lot of tax revenue. That's not necessarily true because those taxes are sold at the point of sale. And the real benefit is that now we can't go to restaurants yet. Eventually, it will be safe for us to do so. Allowing for us to have access to better pricing on alcohol is going to really help make restaurants a lot more consumer-focused and consumer-friendly. And I think that that's going to be a big part of the recovery and how we end up trying to save the hospitality industry. So for me, it is a no-brainer to, to go this route. Lots of other jurisdictions do it. And it's really just a matter of Ford continuing to put consumers first in their policymaking, which they did when they said they were going to allow for alcohol delivery. It's what they did when they said they were going to expand retail hours. And it's what they're in the process of doing by trying to allow for beer, wine, and spirits to be sold at convenience stores. And so this is really just continuing to do what they've already been doing, in my mind. Okay, so the question becomes, how have you put this point of view or these points of view and, and the support mechanisms for what you're suggesting across to government? Because we're sitting in the early part of February. Budgets are traditionally presented around the end of March, and I have no reason to believe that uh, Minister Bethenfalvi won't do that. That being the case, you're looking at submissions now. Have you talked to the government? Uh, so we have not had an opportunity to sit down with the government on this issue yet. Um, we do know that there are a variety of different groups who are pushing for this, and we do plan on trying to make some sort of formal submission um, on this issue, but also on some other important issues related to alcohol, like the ability for licensed grocery stores to be able to sell spirits as well, which they have beer and wine. From our point of view, there's no reason why if we trust them to sell beer and wine, we can't trust them to sell spirits as well. So there's lots to talk about on how we can modernize what is really an outdated and archaic um, system for alcohol in Ontario. Well, as you've pointed out, and it is archaic, and as you point out, there are probably many more countries that I've traveled to on this earth that uh, treat booze like anything else. I'm not trying to diss the people, say it mad, who are con concerned about what happens on the roads and all the rest of it. That's individual mm -hmm. behavior, and we can change that. But the bottom line here is uh, there seems to be a penalty. I mean, they call it LCBO because who wants to use the old name, which LCBO stands for? Liquor Control Board of Ontario. It's it's like, uh, you know, a hammer uh, control where you have to control this thing. And that's what was once thought about things like uh, cannabis. And now we have cannabis stores, and you can smoke it in the streets. I'm not saying become uh, a Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm saying, can we get a little bit more competitive? Can we give people an opportunity to, uh, to have a beverage of their choice without uh, making it such that uh, we make it easy, for example, for underage people to drink, so we make mm -hmm. it easier to get drunk for, for cheap? We're, we're talking about making it possible for people to make a living at the same time as selling something that's obviously in demand. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely, and not to not to um, to kind of push aside the concerns of of those who worry about things like drunk driving. The one thing I can say is we have actually looked into this, and when Alberta went the route of um, very drastically increasing alcohol sales and availability, alcohol-related crimes, so that includes things like drunk driving, did not increase. In fact, it decreased 
beyond what was expected. Um, and so we didn't have this Sodom and Gomorrah effect. And what happened was it just gave people more opportunity to consume responsibly. And that's really the important part here. David, good luck to you. And thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. All right, David Clement, uh, North American Affairs Manager for Consumer Choice Center. And I'm Peter Sherman on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.